Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Calvino. Hello, governor. And Ivan Ocampo. <laughs> that was funny. Hey, what's up, guy? <laughs> On this special British episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, all of us smoking chimney sweeps will be uh, talking about a Drew Estate product that we are smoking right now. Along with uh, some not of the, a chimney sweep, not a chimney sweep. Along with uh, the news from the cigar world, uh, some political stuff that uh, Eric, you were you were present for political stuff. Uh, big big news in the in the convergence of politics and cigars, which is pretty cool. Yep. Um, and also uh, our escape plan from a very dangerous cloud of arrows. All that and more after this word. From our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent, full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. This episode's featured cigar is the Herrera Esteli Maduro. It is made in Nicaragua with a blend comprising Brazilian Matafina wrapper binder that is Connecticut Broadleaf, one of uh, Drew Estate's favorite things to blend with, and Nicaraguan fillers. This comes in one, two, three, four, five Vitolas. Eric, which one are we smoking right now? This is a, uh, like a Corona Larga, or what, what, are, uh, what are the names, like a Lonsdale? Lonsdale. This is yeah, the Lonsdale, Lonsdale, which is a 6x44 and retails for $231.94 for a box of 25 I like those uh, super exact prices. That's uh, uh, true estate, man. They're super exact. They're super exacting people. So, uh, Eric, Ivan, thoughts on the cigar so far? I know that we just got into it, but I think I'm the farthest behind. So we, yeah, we just got into it. However, we uh, we smoked it in the for the photo shoot in the issue that is out on the street as we speak. I wasn't there for that. What was that? I, I wasn't there for that. So oh, I, that's I very didn't get true. To join you true. in this photo shoot. You're never you're never allowed. What I can do. So, uh, but no, it's a really nice. I mean, it's got you know this like uh, rich espresso, like overripe and fruit. I I enjoy this smoke. It's uh, it's become like. My go-to Maduro here in the office when I'm just uh, chilling out. I want that, like, sticky sweet uh, Maduro with a little slight pepper punch. So, yeah, I dig it, man. It's nice. I've always been a fan of the regular Herrera Esteli, so this is a nice uh, No, you're you're right to your point that that was, like, that was the original go-to in this office, right? Right, right. So... It's a little stronger. Uh, however, it's it has some sweetness to it. I find it very nutty and creamy. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. That sticky, sticky sweet. Yeah, kind of, kind of raisiny notes in there. Very somewhere. much. Yeah, uh, and the and the smoke output right. is uh, on the plus plus side. Yeah, I would I would 
I think it the it, it's putting smoke out almost like Liga Privada level smoke output. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, we will be coming back to this cigar and our thoughts and experiences on it. But before that, let's recap a thing that happened that we talked about a lot in the lead up to it. That's the first annual. Cigar Snob Lechong Challenge. Lechong, for those of you Give who are aware. Oh, here we go. Dude, here we go. Where is the horn? Oh, Ready? Lechong Challenge. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> A little triple horn. I am the only one wearing headphones, and that <laughs> sounded really nice in my ear. Um, <laughs> Mike's Char- working. Char- Mike is Charlie working. Triple Horn. What was the? Ja- Jackie Triple Jackie Horn. Jackie tri- Triple Horn, yeah. <laughs> Jackie Triple Horn. That's your new nickname. <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> All right, so uh, the Lechong Challenge, Lechong, for those of you who uh, have not been listening to for past those of episodes. You scoring at home. Yeah. Uh, Lechong is the Spanish word for pork. And uh, we cooked a bunch of them. Actually, we didn't. We didn't cook shit. We invited five <laughs> cigar companies to compete in a whole hog roast off. Those five companies were Espinosa, Villiger, Arturo Fuente. Uh, AJ Fernandez, AJ Fernandez, and Oliva, and Oliva cigars. Um, so the event took place, as we have mentioned in the past, at the uh, Intercontinental in downtown Miami on the pool deck, hole. overlooking the beautiful Biscayne oh, Bay. Overlooking the beautiful. Bis- I'm, I'm, I, I wish that I had a better uh, Wheel of Fortune prize. Uh, that would have been perfect right yeah. now. What are you gonna do? Uh, but yeah, it, I think. It being the first event that we've done in a long time on that scale, we were a little antsy about how that would go, and I think we are all very pleased that we didn't completely fuck it up. Yeah, that, that's a good way to <laughs> it put it. It went pretty well. Yeah, the roasting, I mean, worked. I mean, you know, there was a lot of moving parts to that yeah. to that event. Uh, you've got five uh, five dudes roasting uh, roasting whole hogs on these cajachinas. Uh, shout out to La Cajachina, lacajachina.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were one of the sponsors of the event. And uh, and provided the the roasting boxes for it, uh, yeah. So the pigs were roasting. People were smoking. There were three hundred and eighty three people out there on that deck. Everybody got uh, what uh, fifteen cigars? Well, they got twenty cigars. Twenty cigars. Yeah, they got fifteen in one box, and then five. What we did is we broke up the twenty into right. a travel humidor from uh, Zycar Cigar Caddy. Uh, we filled that up with fifteen cigars, and then we had a separate little commemorative five count. Uh, little slide top box that had the logo of the event, whatever, and that was for the five companies that were roasting. So, so yeah, people got twenty cigars, a cutter, a lighter. You you know what else they got? Love, a great ass fucking party because everybody had such a good time. Yeah, I could yeah. just tell on everybody's like emotion coming to talk to me and yeah, yeah, just and the music yeah. was going on. It was a great party. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who came out. Thanks to all the sponsors, all the cigar companies that gave Absolutely. smokes. Uh, and and also thanks, obviously for their having cooked. But one of the things that was most relieving to me and also most enjoyable to me was how good all the pork was. Yeah, like nobody made a bad pig. No, no, no. That for was sure. you, you could easily have said these are five chefs showed up. Yeah, I, I think the closest to a bad pig, and it wasn't bad. It just it it, it took no, long. Somebody's about to. Someone's getting bashed. <laughs> no, no, it took it took them long. Uh, the Oliva team. Uh, was a lot later than than everyone else. So like all f- the four other pigs were were done, right? And uh, and then the judges were tasting, but then that last uh, that last pig wasn't finished. You can't just like 
keep him. The other ones, you can't keep them waiting there. Right. Uh, when they're done, they're done. You got to eat them. And uh, so yeah, that was the that was I think the only little hiccup in terms of the pigs themselves, which is the hardest thing to to manage. So, but no, and by the way, the Oliva pig was delicious when it was done. Right. So it just so took our a two long. winners. So we had two prizes. One of yep. them was the. Uh, the what do we people's call it? The, the people's choice. So there was a voting system, and so you try all five of these pigs and then vote for your favorite, and that went to Espinosa Cigars. You know, real quick note. Yeah. You know what I was really proud of with the event that we had. Although we had 383 people there, there were 300 ticketed uh, guests, right? So people that paid for a ticket, right? Uh, and where, where everybody else was, yeah, vendors, part or, of, right? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, out of the 300. We had 210 votes. Yeah, that's a lot more than I would have guessed. That's a, that's a high engagement in terms of like the comp, the contest, which I was worried about. I was really worried about people just not getting it, not understanding the voting system, not even or not caring, right? But they cared enough to vote, and I thought that was great. And so, sorry, continue. Everybody's always saying that we don't get enough voter turnout in this country. Maybe we and need to have this. cigars yeah. and pork at the at the polls. People would show up and they would vote. Um, I'd vote twice. Well, there you go. Uh, and then the what did we call the uh, what was it the, the the grand champion grand champion which was determined by a panel of three judges Correct. on which you Eric sat. I, I uh, did. Who were the other two judges? So the other two judges were Alec. I can't remember his last name, but uh, Alec owns a an entertainment company here in Miami. So he's he's always hosting uh, celebrities and and taking them to fine dining establishments. And so he's he's a, a very good judge of fine food, and then the other judge was uh, our most qualified, which was the uh, the owner of La Cajachina, Roberto Guerra. So those were the the judges, and so while everyone else that was voting the People's Choice, uh, those guys were they knew what they were voting for. The judges tasted everything blind, so we had no idea which lechon uh, we had in front of us as we were eating it. So. Except for the Oliva one, because again, it came in late, and that, right. that's the only reason that I even mentioned that earlier. Dead, dead giveaway. Dead yeah, dead it giveaway. was like, well, we know which one Oliva's. <laughs> uh, so, what do you remember? Just be, maybe somebody will hear this and they'll think, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a cajachina." I'm gonna. What do you remember from the grand champion pick, which actually was not cooked in a cajachina? That is true. There we had because there there were some people who decided to go off. That's not a knock on the cajachina. It's just. Some people decided to go off in their own direction. Yeah, because they have a level of uh, comfort with the, another box. Uh, so, what do you remember liking? What, what put that pig over the top for you? Or did you? Was that your choice? Yes. Okay. So for me, the uh, the seasoning on the meat was very uh, even, well distributed, not over the top, uh, but very flavorful. But what really did it was the rib. I had a, a couple pieces of rib in there that were possibly the best ribs off of a whole hog roasted that way uh, that I've ever had. They were outstanding. I, I know, obviously, you know, not many people got to eat the ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, Bobby, who was cooking that that one for Team AJ Fernandez, he knew enough to put uh, a couple of ribs in the in the judges' plates, right, and right. it was just outrageous. It's good to be a judge. It's uh, good to be the king. Anything else we want to say about Lechong Challenge? This will no. Be- uh, well, you know what? You mentioned as you introduced the event, you mentioned it being in, uh, f- the first annual. Right. Uh, but we're actually working on one in March uh, for the Tampa area. 
and we're working on another one later in the year in the Napa Napa Valley area, and then come back around to Miami again in November of next year. So if we if we do it all right, we will have three next year. Oh boy! So keep an eye out for all of that, or just keep listening to this podcast. That's another option. That's another. That, that is another option. Stay abreast of the ribs. Stay <laughs> abreast of the ribs. Uh, so another probably lechong involving event in the case of all of us uh miami miami uh, i was gonna say miami oyes uh so uh thanksgiving the giving of thanks the giving of thanks what did you guys eat i had turkey man i was about to say what you do but really turkey turkey uh we hosted it at at my home so uh i did i did turkey yeah me too i I went full-blown turkey yep but not 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 fried turkey it was oven roasted turkey my mom uh, makes a killer turkey. Uh, she she sticks uh, chunks of, of butter and bacon inside of it. Nice. Uh, that really works well. For those of you that know that I don't eat dairy, she used uh, non-dairy butter. Oh. Which is uh, like a birth balance or something like a total balance. I don't know what the hell the name of it Thanks, is. Thanks, Ella. Yeah. She hooked it up. There you go. It's pretty awesome. I have it. I had some leftover boar's head in the fridge, so... Mm. Just passed out a few slices. Did, did you roll? Did you roll it up? Did you roll it up, or you made slices? Uh, you just had sandwiches. Just like throwing like frisbees on people's plates. Everybody, open your mouth! <laughs> Boom! Dinner served, bitches. It's nice. No, yeah, it was good. I fried mine. Uh, probably be speaking about it a little bit later in the show. Okay, uh, but yeah. Okay, so we won't ruin things here. No. Spoiler I, alert! I actually did have leftovers on Thanksgiving because my mom is a caterer, and she had been making. I think. This month, between like actual day of Thanksgiving stuff and corporate things that she had, uh, corporate customers, uh, I want to say she was up around like 400 pounds of turkey. Wow. Good Lord. Over the course of the last few weeks. I I'm hope still it's... eating turkey. I actually had turkey for lunch today. I'm still eating turkey. Yeah, you sound like uh, an Adam Sandler song. I, I hope yeah. most of it is corporate because who would have their own Thanksgiving catered? Oh, a lot of I, I, really? I personally delivered yeah, like five houses Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people do that. Either your mom's turkey is very good or we have some really lazy people out there. <laughs> well, it is it very good. It, it's actually, uh, speaking of Lechong Challenge, this is Pao Chong. So this is all turkey seasoned and roasted as if it were Cuban-style pig. Yes. So a lot of sour orange, garlic, all that stuff. All the same stuff that you'd put in a cajachina. So, uh, so yeah, Pao that's Chong. what we did. But it was, but it's it, we do the Pao Chong and then... Uh, Partly because we were going all leftovers this year, which is not typical. Uh, it's weird. People tend to order the Cuban-style turkey with very American sides. Well, you know, it's got to look yeah. very American on the table. For the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, what, is your, what, is your, what is your side? You know, what's the side you go for? You know, everyone has like the, yeah. you know, I go for the stuffing, I go for the, you know, what do you like? I, I'm a... With a catering mom. I, I, I like corn casserole. Mm-hmm. Cor- anything corn, any corn, I, in part Ivan, because Ivan I'm, also loves corn. Yuck. Oh, Ivan does love corn. <laughs> Yuck! I'm allergic to corn. You're not, <laughs> not allergic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, corn, green bean casserole, also a thing that like I never eat. So, but I do like those things. If they were around more often, I'd yeah. eat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so because I, I dig the casseroles too. My mother-in-law yeah. makes a a sweet potato casserole. That is, I'm stupid. not a big sweet potato guy. I like it, but I'll I'll always go for regular potato. Yeah, but you're a communist. I am. <laughs> Ivan, what were your sides? Um, rice, beans, and yuca. Okay, so you went the opposite way. 
it's because that's what everybody's contribution is right. to the dinner. So everybody, so everybody, so everybody the, the fried turkey, and then they everybody bring the sides. else okay. brings the sides. So right. Right. you said fried yuca or the boiled yuca? Boiled. It's delicious. Yeah. You know what's great is the next day fry the boiled yuca. The Ooh. previously boiled yuca fried. Oh mm. lord! Mm. The next good. day I'm recovering. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I can have any more fried stuff, but whatever. Um. All right. So there's that. Before we get into some of the news from the cigar world, let's talk about episode sponsor El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars, Vegas del Purial. That is their uh, the newest addition to their product portfolio they announced that um release back during the vegas ipcpr trade show in july and it started to ship this past october uh vegas del purial is an homage to el galang founder felix mesa's paternal grandparents felix by the way was uh the the head chef of the fuente pig at the lechon challenge that is true and you know what he uh he spent thanksgiving in nicaragua so there you go yeah uh felipe so Homage to his grandparents, Felipe and Caridad Mesa, who grew tobacco in the Cuban province of Las Villas. It is also an homage to their farm there. The cigar is made at El Galán's Esteli factory and features an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and a new hybrid tobacco called FFMC96 for the binder. It'll be, uh, or it is, available in four Vitolas. That's a 5x50 Robusto, a 5.5x52 Belicoso, a 7x38 Lancero, and a six and three quarters by 52 Super Toro. The cigars will range in price, or I keep saying will, I gotta edit this. Cigars do currently range in price from $8.90 to $10. And that's it. That's all we have to say. Anything else we wanna say about El Galang Cigars, which you can find online on social media, El Galang Cigars, and also at ElGalangCigars.com? His pig was really good too. His pig was good. It was good. Yeah. Although, uh, I think. He is better at uh, portioning tobaccos for cigars than he is at portioning pig because he, he was way overboard. He went a little overboard, and by the time I got around to his pig, he was running low. He's very generous. He's a very generous guy, but that he is. Uh, but yeah, because I know that he must have been running low because the judges, yeah, we barely got enough <laughs> to yeah. judge. So if you ever find Felix cooking a pig, make sure you're at the front of the line because yep. he's gonna he's not gonna skimp. Uh, all right. Into some of the news from Cigar Town. Some of this is a little bit old, but we have not come to you with news in quite a while. And if you're getting your news from this podcast, you're probably not in a hurry to get in at a timely fashion. So we might as well tell you what's going on uh, over the last couple of months. Here are some of the things that you might have missed if you're uh, if you're not following up to the minute news online. Drew Estate shipped this year's Pappy Van Winkle Tradition release. So uh, Pappy, Pappy Van Winkle tradition, as you might imagine, honors Julian Van Winkle, the founder of the legendary Old Rip Van Winkle Distillery, and it has shipped to retailers nationwide in coordination with the release of the distillery's coveted bourbon and rye. The annual release from Drew Estate brings one of the most revered names in whiskey into the world of premium cigars. Tradition features an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, Indonesian binder, and fillers from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. The cigar is available in five formats, a fa- uh, excuse me, a 4x46 Coronita, a 5.5x54 Robusto Grande, 6x50 Toro, 5x50 Belicoso Fino, and a 7x48 Churchill. They are available exclusively at Drew Diplomat Spirits retailers in 10-count boxes that range in price from $145.97 to $245.97. There they go again with that. 
They went 94 on the Herrera Telimaduro, but they went 97 cents on the Pappy Tradition. I want to keep you guessing, man. <clears throat> oh, yeah, on your toes. Ventura shipped the Archetype miniseries. Ventura Cigars announced that the Archetype miniseries uh, shipped to American tobacconists. That line includes three cigars, crystals, curses, and cloaks, and made its debut at July's IPCPR trade show in Las Vegas. All the cigars are made in a 5x50 format and feature Nicaraguan fillers and binders. The crystals features sun-grown Habano wrapper, curses has Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, and cloaks features broadleaf, but is the only box-pressed Robusto in the line. All these cigars carry an MSRP of $9. Last news item for this episode, Avo's 30th LE05. LE is limited edition, but that's how they're branding it. LE05, that's their thing. In 2005, Davidoff's Avo brand released the the LE05 as part of the Avo brand's 30th anniversary celebration. LE05 is being revived with a blend that, like the original, features an Ecuadorian wrapper, Dominican binder, and Dominican fillers. Production will be limited to 1,500 boxes of 20 cigars in a five by uh, sorry five and three eighths by 50 Robusto Extra Vitola. So again, that Vitola is called Robusto Extra. The cigars, which are priced at $15 each, are being made available at select stores. So certainly, I imagine uh, your best shot of finding them is to look for your nearest Davidoff appointed merchant. Sure, that's where you're most likely to get those cigars. Um, let's come back. Speaking of cigars to this Herretelli Maduro. How are you guys doing? I've been doing a lot of talking and reading this news stuff, so I may need to relight here, but you guys are farther along. Uh, yeah, it's still still cruising along. Uh, in my case, I, I taste. I think I would say the, maybe the coffee has ramped up uh, a bit, so that's nice. I, I, I like the transitions. Uh, I, I, I prefer it when a cigar goes through at least some changes. And so this has, uh, I think the pepper has uh, kind of died down a bit and uh, the coffee has increased. Creaminess is still there, full bore. Uh, maybe a touch of oak. Uh, oakiness, like uh, almost like a like the inside of a, of a scotch barrel. Uh, a little bit of that. But uh, yeah, really nice. How about you? My pepper's died down a little bit too. Yeah. It's nice. And I do get some of the wood. But yeah, very nice. I just relit this, so I'm not going to chime in here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I agree with just everything. Nod. Everything just nod. Everything you just, just said. Just nod. So, <clears throat> uh, speaking of, I don't know. There's no. There's no segue here. No. Uh, Eric, you were just in Tallahassee this past week, where a certain someone was named a certain something. Why don't you give us all the details on? Oh, on no intro, huh? You're just going to go like that? Yeah. I mean, right, I, I don't right. want to. You were there. Why should I pretend to be the one who knows things? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was privileged and honored to to be among uh, Jose Oliva's guests in the uh, in the West Gallery there of the uh, of the House Chamber in Tallahassee, where he was uh, inaugurated as Speaker of the House. So that 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 deserves a horn. A horn? I That's a, like horn. That's a horn. That, dude, that is a really? okay, major a post. There you go. So uh, you know, basically, it, it turns him into. Uh, LeBron James in Tallahassee. It was incredible as we were as we were walking through uh, that town, uh, heading to lunch. It was just like every storefront that he walked by, everyone was just jumping out, like congratulating and and trying to get their agenda in front of him for uh, for the next session. And uh, I, I, again, just incredibly proud. Uh, he's a, a dear friend, and 
it, it was incredible. Like the the moment where I don't know if you guys saw that when in the the story that the Herald put out, they show a picture of his mom, uh, just completely overwhelmed with emotion uh, when he mentions her in his speech. That was that was Niagara Falls. Like that entire gallery knows how much uh, he's worked and he sacrificed to get to that point. And uh, yeah, yeah, incredibly proud of him, man. That was that was just amazing to 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 see one of your one of your buddies get to that position. Uh, for people who don't know, Speaker of the House in uh, in a state legislature, you're you're the second or third most powerful uh, position in the state. Uh, so, uh, and and in in that vein, we're we're in good hands. You know, he's a guy who's not in the pocket of anyone. He was self financed, so. He's, uh, you know, he runs on his, what he feels uh, is the best way for us to, to run as a state. So can't say enough. Can't say enough. That was uh, incredible to be there. Were some Olivas smoked in Tallahassee? Oh, man, that was a good, that's a good question. So when we got back to his office after the, the inauguration, we all kind of, everyone that he flew up for this thing, uh, they had the Oliva uh, factory had produced a humidor you know, with, uh, you know, all kinds of state of Florida uh, imagery on it. But then when you open it, it was, you know, full to the gills with uh, Melanios, and they had a secondary band called The Speaker. So that was pretty cool, smoking uh, the Oliva V. Melanio with the, the Speaker secondary band. We smoked, I don't know, five or six of those things on the drive back down from town. I flew up uh, with his family and, and friends, but then I drove back down uh, with him. So we just we drove down from Tallahassee, just like smoking out his wife's car. <laughs> nice. I felt I felt bad for her. I was like, man, when you give this to her, you may have to just keep it. <laughs> I don't want to be there when you return this car. Yeah, yeah. Drop me off first. So, yeah, it was a good time, man. Really good time. Uh, if uh, for those of you who are interested, I would recommend. Uh, I think if you get on YouTube and you search Jose Oliva, uh, Florida Speaker of the House, or something. There are two videos that are that are worth watching if you're into this sort of thing, and they're his two speeches. So one is from that day uh, when it's during the the or you know, immediately following his inauguration or leading up to it or whatever. I don't really know where the speech was timed with uh, whatever swearing in or yeah, it's once he's sworn in, sure. he uh, he delivers the speech. Uh, and then the other one was from the day before, which I thought was was actually even more interesting. Uh, you know, because the on the day of. You know, you're sort of addressing the entire chamber, and it's yep. sort of, uh, you know... More bipartisan. More bipartisan and unifying in nature and all that. Uh, but the one he gave the day before, where the audience was primarily people from the Florida GOP, I thought was uh, was especially good and like, the substance. You know, there's more to, there's more to chew on there. Uh, so, YouTube, that stuff, if, uh, if you're interested. Um, so, Jose Oliva was a winner. Who was the winner when Tiger... Uh, matched up with Phil this past weekend. Another great segue. Oof, that was clunky. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You should have you should have said Jose was more like Tiger Woods in Tallahassee walking through the halls instead of LeBron. Yeah, but that, that, could, have a, that could have a different yeah. connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't want to go that route. Oh, well, I get it. Yeah, I, I don't know it. if that works yeah, no. here. Yeah, pitching wedge through the front window of the car and all that <laughs> stuff. No. Drunk driving? No. Uh, so Tiger versus I yeah. with, I stuck with so LeBron. Ivan, Ivan, you're, you're our, our resident golf. Yeah, you're the golf correspondent. Nick, you I watched watch the beginning it. to end. Yeah, I was. Right. <laughs> that is a I'll load of, of my horse manure. <laughs> I had all. I had my clubs with me in front of the TV, just making sure taking notes. Oh, he was putting. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. On Petey's back. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm a golf degenerate, so I watched the whole thing. The best part I wanted of, to, but I best part about it. it is like I was getting all these phone calls and text messages before it happened. It's like, hey, are you gonna pay the money to watch it on pay per view? And I'm like, I'll try to get it off like some. Well, and, and, and sorry, but not to sorry to interrupt you, but for people who are not aware of what we're even talking about, because I don't know how many other golf degenerates we have listening. Right. This was sort of a an unusual event. So let's set up what we're what we're talking about here it was a head what to it head, was yeah head-to-head matchup uh winner take all nine million dollars uh tiger versus phil mickelson so yeah. this happened in las vegas at shadow creek which was one of the you know most legendary golf courses in the world uh probably because it's so exclusive and the design is is very good so it's held in, you know, it's almost, it has that prize fight, like, feel to it, pay-per-view. It feels like, you they know. They even did, like, these, a face-off ahead of the thing, right? A they, they did the down. whole Vegas yeah. face-off, everything, and <laughs> and they they built it up. Phil Mickelson and Casoncillos uh, standing up there just flexing his muscles. Is that, uh, no, none of that. No, no, good. I don't know. Thank God. That would have been good, though. That would have affected ratings. <laughs> so, I guess, to compare it to a prize fight, what happened was, uh, it went the distance, and it went and it went to a decision. Basically, even though it did go extra holes, it went to sudden death in the dark with the lights. Again, as a degenerate like I am, I thought it was it was well worth everything. Which, by the way, I thought you had to pay for it, but I was watching it online, and I just kept watching it, and I see all the things that you have to pay. But I just kept watching it and watched the whole thing. Didn't what, pay, like PGAtour.com and. No, it was like Bleacher Report. No I kidding. Saw, I saw the whole thing, yeah. Uh, so thanks, Bleacher Report, uh, for letting me watch the whole thing without having to pay the 20 bucks. But, uh, but yeah, it was... One bite, everybody knows the rules. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was well the worth it. Barstool that, the, Sports. The, the commentary uh, was, was pretty bad, kind of like this one right here. Yeah, kind of like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, they had like the whole like TNT basketball crew, so you had like Charles Barkley and a couple guys... Uh, Talking. So you had a lot of people talking. So I heard a lot of like negative reviews afterwards. But again, I mean, it went the distance. It went sudden death in the dark with the lights on. I thought it was pretty. Hmm. It was pretty good. And I, and Phil won. So I'm a Phil guy. Uh, so you're usually either a Tiger guy or a Phil guy. So you pull for one of them, yeah. which makes it good too. So it was good. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I did uh, read up quite a bit after, and I did. Uh, you know, I read there were a lot of missed putts to win that there is kind of, there is no fireworks so there yeah. weren't any chip-ins weren't any long putts nothing to really like say or there weren't any eagles made. well no you, you I, I think you did have the chip in uh tiger's chip in tiger did chip in on like yeah. 18 i think to, it was, yes, to tie it. yes so that was the highlight of yeah it. and then and then it goes to like a par three like shoot off where they're hitting off the practice green next to the clubhouse under the lights hmm. so i mean that was fun but yeah different it's different, different. Yeah. So, yeah. you think they'll do that again? Mm, no, I don't think it'll be a Tiger Phil thing. But if they but come no, but up, something like that again, you yeah, think? yeah. And but who else could could draw that kind of attention? I don't think you you could always get you can always get something. Like a Justin if you, Jordan, if yeah, yeah, if you pump mm. it up enough. And remember, this used to be done back in the eighties and Shell World uh, Wide World of Sports. Yeah, yeah, but it was several pairings right it wasn't just a one-on-one no like it was that. usually head-to-head yeah yeah and they'll have like a sam sneed against a ben ben hogan type matchup when they were later on again almost kind of like this like where this, yeah, it was not later in their on heyday. yeah not in their heyday so 
Hopefully they you do think, do it you, again. So, yeah. so you, you think it's good for the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's watchable, and it's entertaining, and, yeah, it's good for the sport. Because one, one of the things that, that's, that's palatable about watching regular, a regular tournament on TV is that there's always action. You know, they're cutting to, to another hole where something else is happening, and then once that's done happening, then they're cutting to another hole where something else is happening. And so you're, you're able to just watch several different holes at the same time, so you never have a break in this one. Part of why the and I, and I didn't watch it, but I imagine that part of what made the announcing extra difficult is that you're you're watching them walk the fairway, and you got to talk through it. Well, no, one of the good things about it was they're both mic'd up. So, as opposed to a regular golf tournament, when you're watching and you're just hearing a couple of announce, announcers whisper during each hole, you're listening to these guys talk, and not only are they talking, they were supposed to be betting. They're betting against each other, so they'll hey I'll. Let's go, which was great. Tiger goes to him, all right, let's go long drive for 100. And I'm thinking, hey, I'll take a 100 buck bet. But he's talking about 100,000. Yeah, yeah, he was a different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, they'll go closer to the pin for 200,000. So there was a little gambling going on in between them. There just wasn't enough like trash talking, which, again, I think that's what people expected because Phil's a great talker. However,. They don't like each other that much, so they were kind of like in tournament mode, so they kind of like were a little to themselves, and they would say a few a few like uh one liners to each other yeah. which which made it great, but there wasn't like any like juicy trash talking, which would have made it real good but but yeah, it was great all right, so there's that well, there you go there's okay. your update on Tiger versus Phil stay tuned for Tiger versus Phil two part de. Yeah. part de. part de. um. So, Tiger and Phil faced off. We're going to talk about a hypothetical face-off now. Ooh. So, some of you might be aware that uh, in the news was the story of an American missionary who ventured to a place called North Sentinel Island. <laughs> this poor bastard. Sorry. I was thinking segues again. So, <laughs> missionary and speaking, yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> speaking of Tiger. <laughs> uh so North Sentinel Island is uh, an island, uh, I believe, off the coast of India, where a very small population of, uh, uh, of a, a particular tribe that has been there for thousands of years, um, it is illegal to go there and disturb them or, or so much as visit and communicate with them uh, for reasons that we won't get into here because I don't quite remember them all and also because I'm sure there's like some political correctness issue with how all that's described. But the Cliff's Notes is that uh, when India was a British colony, uh, everybody got pissed about what was going on in North Sentinel Island. And so uh, the sort of broad determination was, you know what, let's uh, let's leave them alone. So (laughs) uh, every few years, somebody ends up there and uh, shortly after landing on the shores or wherever they are, uh, ends up with a bunch of sharp stuff in them. Yeah, Cause but the, normally people end up there uh, by mistake. By mistake, right? Yeah. Or out of some sort of necessity or yeah. whatever. Um, so the Sentinelese, uh, out of you know a desire to protect themselves from outsiders and disease and make all that it stuff, rain, make it rain make arrows, it rain arrows, <laughs> uh, arrows and spears and stuff. Um, so most recently, this missionary. Uh, goes over there, decides to uh, take Jesus to him, and they send him right back to Jesus. <laughs> uh, Poor guy, man. Yeah. Uh, so 
what we talked about ahead of this podcast was, you know, well, I mean, people will probably have heard this story by now. What do we do with it? Well, let's talk about, suppose that you have some reason. You must go to North Central. You need to get in and you need to get out for whatever reason that may be. Do we know the history of the island? You know that you need to plan for this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the measures you take to prepare for your journey to time in and escape from North Sentinel Island, Ivan? How are you getting in? Um, yeah. How am I getting in? Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the dark. Uh, okay. At night. Okay. Waiting Good for night. start. So Good we'll start. Parachute in. Parachute in. Parachute. Yeah. It's uh, very. It's quiet. Uh, it's quiet. Okay. Your parachute's gonna be full of holes. But I don't. Go want, ahead. I don't want to bring. <laughs> I feel like Carlos Escalona saying this story. Shout out to Carlos. Are you my, taking him with you? Tactical, but he's coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos has got Davidoff sales rep. Carlos this has just got, got a lot better. Yeah. Carlos, you're coming with me to Sentinel Island. Bring all your guns. <laughs> and I'm bringing a shield to cover it from the arrows. <laughs> I'm going full uh, full camouflage. I am, I'm coming out of the water paint, at night. No, yeah, dressed as a Sentinelese. Whatever, oh. they, whatever they dress like. Oh. That's how I'm coming. You're I'm not, coming out of the water like, whoo, with a fish. Like, hey, got dinner, guys. If you're you dressing know? like the Sentinelese, and a that's leaf. all you're wearing yeah. is your fish. Well, then so, yeah. so be it. <laughs> So be it. <laughs> uh, you will not stand out at all then. No, no of course not. So they'll, com- they'll be, they'll be asking, why is this guy so pale? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> mess with this one. <laughs> all the other ones came clothed. <laughs> uh, so I like that plan. I don't know if I feel... Co- you know, I, the main reason I don't show up naked is aside from just the fact that I think it would uh, blow my cover faster, <laughs> is I'm always skittish, naked around sharp objects, and you know that you're going to come close close to some sharp objects. It would just, I think it would just be, if I really wanted to arrow somebody and they were naked, that's where I'm going first. Arrow in the dick. <laughs> and I'd, I'd rather not feel that before I go. I'd, I'd rather minimize the arrow to the BB wrist. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I like Ivan's, uh, cover of darkness. I don't know if I'm going parachute. I think I'm going, uh, uh, whatever you call those underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Things. That's exactly what yeah. you gotta do. Yeah. The Beatle James Bond. And you gotta mm-hmm. leave it stashed right there so you can get out later. So you can come back to it. Hey, yeah. like guys, all right, later I'm going fishing some more yeah. and then you're going back in Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you're out. Uh, yeah. So, so that's it. That's your update. Let's make this an interactive thing. Tweet us. At Cigar Snob Mag, suppose that you have to get into and out of North Sentinel Island. That's for you, the schmooze. The schmooze uh, and all of the other schmoozers. Let's call people who engage with us on Twitter the schmoozers. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So the schmooze and the schmoozers, uh, how do you get into and out of North Sentinel Sentinel Island? And I think it's important to throw a disclaimer in here. Please uh, do not actually test your theories before... (laughs) Tweeting us at Cigar Snob Mag. I want to lose any what are you smoking? What are you smoking? And what are you smoking in North Sentinel? How about yeah. this? Well, let's uh, let's not us get into that. But if you if <laughs> I what, think we were fine before. What but. do you bring as gifts to the Sentinelese? Maybe bringing them some cigars will sort of like you know. I don't uh, think they're going to give a shit, but it's worth it. It's worth a shot. Yeah. Maybe you just <laughs> maybe you just strap a cigar box to your peepee for protection. <laughs> uh 
A lot of six by sixties <laughs> between you and the arrows. Uh, okay, so uh, Christmas tree shortage. Apparently, yes, yes. apparently there is one. <laughs> uh, if you've been you don't out, say. If you've been out looking for a Christmas tree, you might have noticed that they're a little more scarce, a little more ugly, and a little, a little more, more expensive. Sp- a little more expensive. A little more expensive. Uh, Ivan, you had. A, I have not shopped for a Christmas tree. Ivan, you have, I believe. Apparently, I went on the wrong day. Okay. Uh, I spoke to your sister, and she said she went the day after the, to Home Depot, and it was full of trees. When I went, I went on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The entire tent was empty. There might have been 20 trees max, and they were all like six to seven feet, and they were expensive as hell. So I so, grabbed the best six or seven footer that was there and paid through the nose for it. Huh. Yeah. You didn't go uh, fake Little fake oak tree just to no, get you by? No, 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 I like the smell. Me too. But anyways, so I did a little research when I got back. I'm like, what's going on? And apparently, this is something apparently. that stems back from 2008. Yep. Yeah, when yep. there was like the downturn in the economy, I guess a lot of businesses that were uh, farming these trees were out of business and we don't have enough trees. Seems... Seems weird though. There's got to well, be something else. And to it. your point, the the part of the thing is that these trees take eight to ten years before they're ready to to harvest and, right. and ship. So about now that is when you puts you'd us be, about here. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and it started last year. Last year was was the right. first year where you could really see there was a shortage. So fun fact: uh, this doesn't happen often, but apparently, apparently, this story was sort of like I don't know if broken is the is the appropriate term here, but the Miami Herald is the paper where this that sort brought of like, it to light. Brought it to light. It's that the sprouted this. It's only a matter of time Christmas tree of a story. I mean, yeah. we have to feel it harder than than the rest of the country. You always feel it harder. Oh, I like that last one. Straight sixty nine. So we. Yeah. But yes, you're right. Of course, right. us being so far south, right. we yeah, uh, you can't just go into your yard and get a Christmas tree out of your right out so. of the woods behind your house. Um, Palm tree in my living room. Anything else we want to say about the Christmas tree shortage? Uh, no, but I'm supposed to go shopping for them Saturday, so I'm really uh, I'll report back yeah. what Stay I tuned. find. Stay yeah. tuned. Subscribe to the Cigars Now podcast to find out what Eric paid for his Christmas tree, <laughs> uh, and let us know at Cigar Snub Meg. What'd you pay for your Christmas tree? Did you go fake tree? Did you, have you already gone fake tree? Maybe you've shielded yourself from the uh, Sentinelese arrows of trees. From the Sentinelese arrows of trees and the uh, and the the Christmas tree famine of 2018. So, uh, before we get into our regular parting recommendations and also final thoughts on this cigar that we're smoking. A word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. All right, so let's come back to the cigar. 
Uh, parting thoughts on the cigar. How are you guys doing with it? It's about where, yeah. where we were last time. Uh, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat, really. Uh, still enjoying it. Uh, I, yeah, I would go out and get it. I mean, it's new, so if you're one of these people that uh, that likes to smoke the new stuff, it's new. It's good. Go get it. Yeah, Ivan. I mean, we don't normally do those right. kinds of uh, endorsements or anything like that, but yeah, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. And it's the same kind of label as the regular Reratelli, but it's blue. So, I mean, it's a little different. So one way to find nice. it. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Baby blue. Look but yeah, for it's, the a blue. Pr- it's a good smoke. So, check it out. All right. So, as we usually do, we are ending this episode with our parting recommendations. This is where we let you know some things that you should maybe be eating, smoking, drinking, watching, doing. Ivan, what do you got? I don't think I'm doing anything uh, groundbreaking this time. But if you haven't fried a turkey for Thanksgiving, you should go try it. It's so much more convenient. It doesn't take all day to cook. You do it in 45 minutes, depending on the size of the turkey. And it comes out juicy and delicious. Skin's nice. You could also fry some bacon in the oil, which I also did to serve with my turkey. And it was awesome. So go try that if you haven't done it. This was your third time frying a turkey, right? Yeah. So you, you, from what you told me, this was the best so far. This was the best one. The first one was was good. The second one uh, was good, but it wasn't very visually appealing. It was black. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember uh, black and turkey. A black and turkey, yeah. But this one, uh, I don't know what happened, but it was it, it came out excellent. So, yeah, my brother loves that stuff too. Yeah, man, very good, Eric. Uh, oh, um, my recommendation is uh, a YouTube show called The Hot Ones or Hot Ones. Actually, it's a it's a show not what Ivan's thinking about. It's uh it's about hot sauce, but it's uh it's an interview show where the host interviews celebrities and they eat ten wings uh, of increasing intensity throughout the show, and it makes for a great interview because after after seven or eight wings uh, of increasing heat, people start to lose their their bearings and they they the the shield that celebrities put up to give you these canned answers uh, breaks down and they start just saying all kinds of wacky shit. Uh, specifically, love the Charlize Theron episode. Uh, she surprised me how, how like tough she was at eating hot sauces. Uh, Eddie Huang, the uh, the chef, uh, yeah. restaurateur. He was, he was struggling, and yeah. then uh, and then Bobby Lee, the comedian, who all out shits himself on the show. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, shits himself. He 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 literally. Shat himself. Oh my god! On the gotta, show. It's got to be hot. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that, like, was, that, that was, was a like hot one. Sweating profusely. That was. A, it was awesome. Did it have awesome. cheese? Awesome. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Oh boy. No cheese. I saw the Johnny Knoxville episode. Oh, you did one. see that? All right. Yeah, that yeah. was good. Yeah. That's one of the only ones I haven't watched. Yeah, it it's good. impressive. There's a there's like a pretty cool collection of people. It's awesome. That go and do it. It's no, I mean, athletes, celebrities, yeah, models. Yeah, there's all kinds of people yeah, on it's, there. It's a a, I was going to say a little bit. It's kind of a lot, like our experience with cigars, and obviously we usually have some booze along. Uh, I think it's easier for us to get interviews than it is for other magazines of, of comparable you know, size and scope and reach because when we ask people for interviews, it's always accompanied by, and by the way, there will be cigars and booze. Yeah, exactly. It's like that South Park thing, right? Well, there will be punch and pie, and everybody shows up because there's punch and pie. So, uh, so yeah, when there's that fun element... Uh, 
Let's make this another question if you're on Twitter. I'm just throwing out as many of these as Oof. possible because maybe this will entice more people. Uh, what is the thing that you will – what would somebody have to offer you for you to go the extra mile to clear your schedule and show up? Whether for an interview, for a meeting, like you're on the fence and then somebody says there will be X. Bagels. Yeah, if that's, that's bagels usually you, the – or patelitos. That's usually patelitos. The, uh, the enticer. So what is enticing you? Uh, Foie gras. Foie gras. That's a, there you go. Uh, my recommendation, a little bit of a different tone here. Um, this happened a while ago, but uh, there is a GoFundMe campaign. If you, if you Google GoFundMe in loving memory of Jamel Roberson. So it's Jamel, J-E-M-E-L, Roberson, which is like Robertson with no T. Uh, Jamel Roberson was a security guard at a bar in the Chicago area when a uh, fight broke out. And one of the guys involved in the fight goes to his car, brings back a gun, starts shooting. And Jamel Roberson uh, was the good guy with a gun, pulls his own. Uh, luckily, nobody died. Um, but in this whole struggle, manages to get uh, on top of the, uh, the original um, aggressor. Assailant. Assailant. Yeah. And, uh, and gets him under control, gets him on the ground, has his knee on his back. And then the cops show up, find Jamel Roberson, who is legally carrying a gun. Uh, with a gun in his hand and shoot him dead. So uh, he's got, our, or not he, but his his fan. There's a, um, a GoFundMe campaign to support his family. Um, and I'm bringing this up because you know I, I think disproportionately uh, people in this office and in this audience. Um, I could be wrong about this. This isn't something that we've studied closely, but are you know First Amendment types. And uh, I think if you're if you're a proponent of of that and the right to bear arms, it's sort of you know we should be at the front of the line to uh, support people who end up in this sort of a situation because they were, you know, the, the good guy with a gun. I did. When, when you mentioned it, uh, yeah. I, went, I went right on. It's just an so, incredibly sad story. I, I believe that it started, you know, obviously this is only the lining, but there is a silver lining here. And I, I think it's sort of, you know, it's one of those many, many cases that we don't talk about enough of like something bad happening and it's sort of bringing the good in the world to the fore. Uh, I think they started just trying to cover his... Um, uh, his funeral expenses, and now they're up over three hundred grand. Um, oh, you checked the current I, number? I checked it this morning, and actually, Kanye West went in and made ten donations of fifteen thousand each. So wow, Kanye man. West came in with one hundred and fifty grand uh, for Jamel Roberson's family. So, uh, you know, at this point, uh, I think if if you're contributing, it's sort of you know as a as a goodwill thing, um, but certainly. You know, I think that uh, that the the money that they have there will go a long way, uh, but I think this is the sort of thing that you know you want to keep an eye out for. That said, it is you know it's a GoFundMe campaign, and and those have you know people are sometimes uh, suspicious of them. Uh, enough people have reported on the legitimacy of this particular campaign and where the money is going that it's actually going to their family that we felt comfortable uh, putting it here. But just sort of like a, I feel like we should throw out a disclaimer like this is not. A blanket, like anytime somebody puts a sad story on GoFundMe, give them your money. In this case, though, I think it's been vouched for in enough different ways and by enough different news outlets that uh, that it's that it's legit. So, uh, so yeah, go go check that out. Um, and at the you know at the very least, I think it's a it's a story to know. And and you know his his is a story that you know I think is worth spreading because there's a lot of uh, uh, things to be learned there about all sorts of stuff. Most of all. You know, uh, the example that he said, this, nobody would have, he wasn't a copper, and nobody would have blamed him if he just turned around and run. Yeah. Uh, he was a security guard. He 
figure he's just dealing with like rowdy drunks. When guns come out, I don't think anybody. He wasn't it. on on duty as a security guard, or was he? No, he was. He, he was. was. He was. He was wearing a security shirt, but I'm sure it was dark. And you know, the cop. Some people will make it about. I don't know what was in the cop's head. You know, I think there's all sorts of ways that that can play out. None of them excuse it. Um, but yeah, he was on duty. Like that. That was. He was wearing the uniform. Well, he. I, I don't know what the uniform was, but at the very least, he was wearing a t-shirt or something that said security on it. But oh. you know, I don't know which way that was facing or whatever. But. Uh, but in any case, regardless of, of what the situation was, I mean, he was – there was no oath taken or anything. He could have just hidden in a corner and nobody would have said anything about yeah. it. But he, he went out of his way. So um, anything we want to add, let people know about? Uh, no. no. Okay. That's, yeah. Normally we wouldn't end on this sort of a note. Uh, but, you know, there it is. It was going so well. Wow, what I can do. So – all right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez with Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Go to cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast for past episodes of the podcast. And uh, rate and review us wherever it is that you do your rating and reviewing. And also remember that we have a, a magazine that we print. There are a lot of pages in it. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff, and it's good. It's worth shelling out 18 bucks a year for super awesome value. People are often surprised when they find out that it's only $18. Yep. So, um, yeah, check that out, and you'll get all of the stuff that we do when we're not uh, eating this shit. Podcasting, this yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Later, Thank y'all. You.